podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Two-Footed Podcast is brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you're geo-blocked from while keeping your data safe. So, as an example, if you are a UK expat and want access to BBC iPlayer to watch Match of the Day or ITV Hub or all four, but you get that message that says this content is not available in your location, a Liberty Shield VPN gets you around that block allows you to watch whatever you want on those services while also keeping your data safe. And it goes further than that. It allows you to open up Netflix's entire library by just changing your IP address. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot with five-star ratings across the board. So go to libertyshield.com right now, use the code EPL25, and get either the hardware package or the software package. The hardware package is a router that you plug into your existing router. And any item you want to change the IP address on, be it your phone or your television, you connect that to the new Liberty Shield router. All other items can remain connected to your existing router. There's also a software package, which is instantly downloadable to your device, and you can get using straight away. Again, libertyshield.com, EPL25 for 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homework company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk and do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 for 10% off at checkout. And lastly, do remember to check out a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. That podcast is on this feed before every Premier League match week. And then the EPL Roundtable hosted by Kevin DeVries on its own EPL Roundtable feed. So just search EPL Roundtable in your podcast device. And that's out after every match week. Now, on with the show. What's good, boys and girls? Two for the podcast on Friday, the 27th of January. Very, very late in the day. So apologies for the lateness and how short this podcast is going to be. If we hit 30 minutes, it'll be it'll be good for us today. Uh, we're going to start off with today's news and gossip. We're going to take the break. Then we'll come back and me and Guy will run quickly through the FA Cup ties for this weekend because this podcast should have been out an hour ago, but I am very, very late in the day. Uh, right, we have news that Arsenal have bid £60 million for Moises Caicedo, a bid that was rejected without consideration. What this tells me is that Arsenal were not actually serious with this bid. 
this was more of a test the water see how lukewarm they are and if there's any hesitation from Brighton at all we'll up the bid the fact that Brighton rejected so quickly I would not expect Arsenal to go back for Caicedo this is their rice budget but they know like everybody smart knows Moises Caicedo is a better player than Declan Rice and if you can get Caicedo you get Caicedo it looks like Brighton are not going to do business in this window on this player, having already sold Trossard, it looks like they want to keep Caicedo, which is fair enough. Uh, Sean Dyche is expected to be appointed as Everton manager today. The former Burnley manager, who everybody knows I'm a big fan of, is a good appointment. However, that's a really difficult job to walk into right now. That's a team on the slide. He is the best appointment in terms of keeping them up, though. There's no doubt about that. Um, He'll build off whatever mess Lampard had kind of shoveled together. And I would expect that we see a similarly agricultural approach, but with a normal defence, a back four, not a back eight. I think Dice will get them playing properly. I think we're looking at... It will be right side of midfield, Dwight McNeil left side of midfield, and then Onana plus one in the centre of the park, probably Idrissagana Gay. But once James Garner's fit, that's the pairing I'd like to see. Calvert Lewin with Damari Gray kind of buzzing around him, which is something that Dyche liked to do was have a big one and a small, pacey one up front. At the back, Patterson, when he's fit, he'll be the right back. Michael Enko's going to stay now at left-back. Tarkovsky will be one of the centre-backs. I assume he'll start with Connor Cody, but I think once Cody exposes himself as being not very good in a back four, I, I think Ben Godfrey might get a run. Um, Pickford's a, a little short for a Sean Dyche goalkeeper, must be said, especially in the, in the arm department, but Pickford will be the goalkeeper. So that will be what I think Dyche will be looking at as, as his kind of go-to 11 moving forward. And you'll note I did not name Anthony Gordon because Anthony Gordon is going to Newcastle. £40 million for Anthony Gordon. Magnificent. Magnificent. Garrett Southgate said criticism made him consider walking away from the England job. The fact that you're not very good at it is what should really have made you consider walking away from it. Uh, Jaden Sancho might make his return for Manchester United this weekend, which will be a big thing. Good to see him back playing football. Hope whatever has kept him out is is now in the past. Ajax have made a decision, and that decision was to sack Alfred Schroeder. The Dutch coach took over in the summer, having previously managed Club Bruges for a short spell. Prior to that, he had done a fairly poor job at Hoffenheim, a mediocre job at 20, and um, yeah, got the IX job, didn't do well, and he's now been sacked. And if you ask me, there's only one man. There's only one man for that job, and that man is Pepin Linders. Nobody else makes sense. It's got to be Pepin Linders. IX, do the right thing, make the phone call. We'll let him go, no problem. Into the gossip, Chelsea have may have to delay plans to sign Malo Gusto 
with Lyon president Jean-Michel Aulas saying he expects the player to remain in France at least until the summer. That's not Chelsea delaying their plans. That's Chelsea having a bid rejected. Uh, Tottenham are confident that a deal for Pedro Porro will be finalised in the coming days. I think it's a good signing, but I mean, they're already fairly stockpiled at, at right back. Everton are expected to drop the £60 million asking price for Anthony Gordon. This is now agreed, according to Paul Joyce. But £40 million plus add-ons is what the Telegraph are suggesting. Fantastic. Having missed three days of training, Gordon has told Everton he has no intention of returning to the club as he tries to force me. That's a really big red flag for me. If I'm Newcastle, I'm looking at that and thinking, what on earth are we doing here? Chelsea want to sign Amadou Onana. Of course they do because he's a footballer. And Chelsea think they should sign all the footballers. Onana is also an option for Arsenal, who again are looking at all the midfielders. Chelsea, Newcastle and Manchester United are all interested in Denzel Dumfries. Um, All three of those clubs have better right-backs. I would suggest he'd be a backup for all of them. And at the price that Inter want, $35 that would be really poor business. Arsenal have been told they will have to pay Martin Zubimendi's 60 million euro release clause if they want to sign him in January. That would be a good signing. And if you're offering 60 million for Caicedo, potentially you can do that. But the difference would be the Caicedo deal would be in installments. This would be a one-off payment and they probably don't have 53 million pounds just sitting around. Uh, Leeds are ready to pay £25 million for Weston McKenney. I like that deal. Bournemouth are interested in signing Nicolo Zaniolo with their move for Nicholas Jackson looking like it has hit a stumbling block over medical concerns. So he's got a hamstring injury, and that looks like it might scupper the, the, the deal. Now, what type of hamstring injury, I don't know, but it could be something that's underlying and potentially has shown up on a scan. Uh, Zaniolo's far too good to be joining a relegation-threatened Bournemouth, though. Meanwhile, Jackson's injury issues have prompted Bournemouth to make a third bid for Antoine Semenyo of Bristol City, um, which Nigel Pearson has admitted has been accepted. He's a decent player. Without question, he's a decent player. Uh, AC Milan also want to sign Zaniolo, but they're also interested in Alan St-Maximum. Uh, as an alternative, that they're not alternatives to each other. They're very different players. Southampton are keen on Kamaldeen Suleimana. That would be an amazing signing for them. That would be a phenomenal bit of business. But you still need a number nine. Leeds are set to allow Joe Gelhart to join Sunderland on loan. I like that move for all parties. Sunderland need a goal scorer. Joe Gelhart needs games and Leeds need him to go and get games. I like that move. And Sunderland are looking good this season. Manchester United could make a £105 million bid for Victor Usman, but the move for the Nigeria forward would likely not come until the summer. This is nonsense. This is something you've made up. United do not have any money. No money. None at all. None to spend. Broke. So that's garbage. United are also looking to send 19-year-old English forward Charlie McDaniel, 20-year-old Dutch defender Bjorn Hardley, and 22-year-old English defender Deshaun Bernard out on loan. If you're a 22-year-old and you're at Manchester United and you haven't played for the first team, 
you got to go. Get your agent to find you a permanent move. A loan is no benefit to you. That is it. That is the gossip. Now, before we go to break, some happy birthdays that I missed yesterday. The main man, Jose Mourinho, turned 60. He turned 60. Remember when he arrived in England first and he was this young, suave man calling himself the special one. He was 41. That is 19 years ago. I am so old. Uh, Brendan Rogers had a birthday yesterday as well. And I bet he thought he was real special. But let me tell you, Brendan, everybody has a birthday. Just because you had one doesn't make you special. Uh, Rogers is 50. I'm a good friend, Lisa Marie, the Anfield Index contributor. She had her birthday as well. 21 years of age. Congrats to Lisa Marie. Happy birthday. Hope you had a great day. Hope the family are spoiling you. Have a great weekend. And that'll do. We'll go to break. And by the magic of the internet, when we come back, Guy Drinkle's with me and we'll run through the FA Cup. See you in a sec. Right. Welcome back. So I am joined by the esteemed Mr. Guy Drinkle. How are you, sir? I used to podcast on this. I know. I think I'm nearly delirious with tiredness at this point. Exactly. Should be in bed at five o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) Uh, But we will get into the games. And seeing as we are late out, we will go through these as quick as possible. But we do start with probably the biggest one on paper anyway, Dave. And that is Man City Arsenal, which I believe is the first time this season they've played each other. Um, I mean... I said I won't ask any questions, but maybe this one. Is this the one that might have a litmus test for the league later on? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Like you said, they haven't played each other yet this season. And I think if this is a close game, if City win this game 2-1 or 1-0, but Arsenal really push them, or even obviously if Arsenal win the game, I think Arsenal come out of it really confident that they can even get a couple of draws against City in the league or beat them at home in the league. Because if they can split the results against City in the league, they'll obviously keep their advantage. Whereas, obviously, if City were to beat them twice, it's down to a two-point lead, and there are 19 games left. So I think it's a bigger test here, or a bigger proving ground for Arsenal to find out how good are they really. But obviously for City, they've had a weird season, and they haven't looked like themselves. So I think there's some pressure on City as well. But I'm going to go for the City win tonight. I fancy them at home. I fancy Haaland to cause Saliba and Gabriel some problems. But I think it's important that Guardiola shuffle the pack a little bit and, you know, get Phil Foden back in the team. Because Foden has had a lot of joy against Arsenal over the years. If Foden starts, I think City might win by by two clear goals. Uh, But I'm going to go with the City win. Yeah, and obviously with their season dwindling a bit, obviously going out the Carabao Cup relatively early as well, maybe the FA Cup is something they can take a bit more seriously as well this season, whereas Arsenal, if they just won the league, that is a 10 out of 10 season. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. literally. A A star, A plus, whatever. Um, Let's move on. Uh, Half 12 kickoffs, here we go. This one's not on telly. Walsall against Leicester. Um, I heard a podcast earlier today that says Walsall's really good at set pieces, whereas Leicester are not. Potential shock? 
Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Leicester are, other than Bielsa's leads, Le- Leicester might be the worst team I've ever seen at defending set pieces. Like, they are hopeless. Now, we should be clear. Walsall are mid-table in League Two. So this isn't a good team, but they are good at set pieces. Um you, you look, you, you have to back Leicester to win this game. They're a Premier League team against a League Two team. The gap between those divisions is astronomical. One Leicester player, pick whoever you want, earns more a week than the entire Walsall squad. So there's no excuse for Leicester here. This is a sackable offence if, if Leicester lose. This is sackable for Rodgers if they lose. But I'm going to back Leicester to win. I think it'll be a bit of an ugly game, and it wouldn't surprise me if they, if they had to come from behind them. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. And the thing with Leicester is obviously, uh, I can't remember the team, but didn't they play the last team in League 2 last time out or something like that? And it was a really horrid game in horrid conditions and they struggled by, but they played people like Sionji, who's basically been um, put aside. They, they played Gillingham. Gillingham, that was it. Gillingham, who, who are were bottom of League Two at yes. the time, have have since moved off bottom. Beautiful. They're, they're second from bottom now, <laughs> uh, so they're in form. They've won two in a row in the league to their credit. Yeah, uh, their third and fourth wins of the season. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, no. I'm, I was just making the comparison because it might be a similarly scruffy game, and if people in the squad like Sionter, who's one foot, well, basically two feet out the door at the minute, isn't he? Yeah. Um, it it just might be a mess, and I'm not surprised it's not on telly. Considering the last one was, and it was a horror show. Yeah, it was a um, horror show. And yeah. like to be fair, Leicester have a bunch of injuries, so they are going into this game kind of one footed, as it were. And uh, it it wouldn't be the biggest shock in the world if Walsall beat them, but I, it would be a sackable offence without question. Very Can't true. be using the League Two teams. Very true. Uh, moving on to the next half 12 kickoff, then this one is on telly. Um, Accrington Stanley against Leeds. Leeds obviously had to take it to two, um, two games against Cardiff, if I remember correctly. Mm. Um, you'd have to back Leeds again, similarly to what you said, but Leeds have bigger things to deal with. And obviously, they do like a cup run, even when they were on, um, in the championship and whatnot. But they should get passes even if they do rotate a bit because they have quite a few options now because they've spent money in the um, in the January. Yeah, and they've got a few injuries, but of the injured players, only Tyler Adams is a starter. Uh, um, you could say Cooper as well, but I do think they've brought in Wolbert to replace him. And they've got Somerville out who had been starting, but everybody else, Forshaw, Gray and Dallas are squad players. Um. Leeds, like you said, needed a replay to beat Cardiff. Uh, Accrington Stanley needed a replay to beat Boreham Wood. Aki are 20th in League One. Uh, they've lost three of their last four in the league. You would have to give Leeds the advantage here. But it is an away game. And it is the early kickoff. And those things tend to count against the team who are travelling. But Leeds to Accrington is not a long, not a long journey. It's not like you're going the length and breadth of the country. Um, so I'm going to go for the Leeds win. I'm going to be a snob and I'm going to go for the Leeds win. 
Boring, David. Boring. But yeah, it I know. Will be. It will be. Uh, moving on to the three o'clock, then we have Southampton against Blackpool, Battle of the Beaches. Um, Southampton Beach was a city. That's what am I thinking? Geography, bad. Um, Southampton's got a beach. It's on the coast. I have been there. You get a ferry. You can get the the cruise liners line up out of Southampton. So yeah, it is. It's 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 a it's a we'll, coastal. We'll, we'll go coastal with it. City. We'll go with it. Uh, but yeah, again, Southampton. Uh, it seems to have been the bit of a release. The cups um, mm. for Nathan Jones so far. So you'd expect that to continue. Well, he and, needs it. And it's Mick McCarthy's first game. More importantly, I think. yeah, yeah, the great Mick McCarthy back in action. Um, Blackpool are second from bottom in the championship, but by no means condemned to relegation at this point. Saints are bottom of the Premier League, but again, not condemned to relegation yet. Um, Going into the game, Saints have no Coletta Carr. He's suspended. No Gineppo. Oh, Gineppo could be back. McCarthy's still injured. Bella Kotchup is still injured. Larius is back. No, he's not either. Larius is out. And Livramento's out. Um, oh, Saints will win. Saints will win. Blackburn, the, I watched Blackpool play a, few, uh, play a few weeks ago, and they were absolutely tragic. So, yeah, we're going to go with the home win. Is it a home win? Yes, yeah, Hampton are home. We'll go with the home win on this one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ipswich Burnley. This is going to be a really good game. And it's two really unfashionable teams because Ipswich are the tractor boys and Burnley have basically played rugby for the last decade. Um, But I think this is going to be a good game because McKenna has Ipswich playing really nice football and they're well in the mix for promotion out of League One. They're currently third. They're obviously going up against the Burnley team who are just steamrolling their way through the championship. And Vincent Company has them playing excellent football. They knocked out a Premier League team last time out. So Burnley are going to be super confident. They've won five in a row in the league. And obviously they knocked out a Premier League team in the cup. I think they go into this game super confident. So I'm going to go for a Burnley win. And this this for me is the the best of the 3 p.m. kickoffs. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that after a quick little look there. But we'll move on to the next one anyway, and that's Luton against Grimsby. This will be awful. Um, I, I, I don't definitely will be watching this game. Luton are decent, though. Luton are seventh in the championship. Uh, but the style of football doesn't really appeal to me that much. Uh, Grimsby, I believe, are in League Two. Shows my own ignorance. Yes, they are. They're 16th. In League Two. So, you know, not great. Not great. Uh, And based on their current league positions, I'm going to back Luton to win. Uh, They're at home as well. So we're going to go for the the Luton win. Yep, safe bet there. Um, Blackburn against Birmingham. I I suppose... uh... I presume Blackburn are still the weirdest team in the championship. Who They drew a game, Guy. They drew last weekend in the the championship. The magic's gone. All the joy in the world is gone. They were one up. Bristol equalised. And then it looked like Blackburn might just get themselves back in in the lead. And then 
Daniel Ayala got himself sent off, so they had to settle for a draw. Um, Blackburn, Blackburn knocked out Norwich last time. They're on a very, a very decent run in the championship. To their credit, like they are a good team. They're fourth in in the championship. Now they have lost three of five in the league, which isn't great. But I mean, Birmingham are awful. And Birmingham have lost five in a row in the championship. So we're going for the Blackburn win here. Yeah, Birmingham bigger worries, um, like we said, with a few teams. Um, Sheffield Wednesday against Fleetwood. Again, listening to another podcast earlier, Sheffield Wednesday uh, doing great stuff under Darmo. I think someone said had the best win percentage of any Sheffield Wednesday manager, and I think everyone likes Darren Moore after his West Ham yeah. miracle. I, I think they do, and I think they should. Uh, they're three points out of top spot in League One, but they have a game in hand, and if they win it, they will go top because they have a superior goal difference over Plymouth. They obviously knocked out Newcastle last time out which was really impressive, and they played really, really well in that in that game. Um, Fleetwood, I mean, they're 17th in League One. They've lost three in a row in the league. I, I'm not going to put much stock in them. I, I think this is a... I think this is a home win for Sheffield Wednesday. I, I just can't see Fleetwood getting anything at all from this one. They, I know they knocked out QPR, who are also a, a decent championship team. Sorry, who are a decent championship team. But these two teams have already played together this season um, in League One. And, and uh, to my knowledge, didn't Sheffield Wednesday beat them quite? Let's have a quick, quick sidebar to see how that. I think I looked this up to the day and they beat them quite comfortably. Um. No, they beat them 2-1. Oh, I must have been looking at I must have looked up something else. They beat them 2-1. Um, Fleetwood went one up through Sean Rooney. Uh, Byers and Johnson gave Sheffield Wednesday the lead, and then Rooney was sent off. So they beat them 2-1 about a month ago. I- I'm gonna go for the same. I- I'm gonna go for a for a for a Sheffield Wednesday win. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, next up, we have Bristol City against West Brom. Um, well, West Brom obviously upturned since. Uh, well, <laughs> we shall not get on a Steve Bruce tangent. We, we did. We discussed that week. I think it was the last time we did FA Cup. <laughs> uh, but Bristol City, I have no idea where they are in the Championship. Uh, Bristol are seventeenth. West Brom are tenth. Oh, West Brom have turned things around massively, though, because they were they were in the bottom three. And even in 10th, they're only four points off third. Sorry, three points off third. Yeah, isn't it like from isn't it from like 17th to the playoffs? There's like five points in it. Or yeah, it's like it's a mental, mental division. So there's just no point in trying to predict what's going on in the championship. After Burnley and Sheffield United, it is just chaos. Um Bristol are at home, but they are in the process of setting their best player to Bournemouth. I'm going to go for the West Brom win. 
Yep, I think that's yeah, the that's the safe bet. I think um, Fulham against Sunderland. I think Fulham can. Um, well, they can take a risk because they're basically safe. So why not that, take the cup seriously? Fulham can go all out. They're they're doing really well in the Premier League. They're seventh. They're very much going to stay up. There's no risk there. Sunderland are ninth in the Championship, having a surprisingly good season for a newly promoted team. Uh, especially one that lost their manager just before the season started. So I think they will put forward a good accounting of themselves, but I will back Fulham to win. At home, Fulham should win this game. We'll go Fulham to win. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, Back to a televised game, and this is at six, because FA Cup doesn't do five half-five kickoffs, which rightfully so. Um, Preston against Tottenham. We mentioned, uh, well, you mentioned Tottenham's ch- uh, struggles on AI this week over on um, mm. AI Pro, um, which is free to listen for everyone now. Free plug. Um, but Preston, again, I think they're one of them teams in the mix of anything's possible in the championship. Whereas Tottenham, it feels like the last chance for Conte to do something is the FA Cup. Yeah, well, this is their only chance of silverware now because they're not winning the Champions League, no matter you know, how much. Even if even if it was a really good team, Conte doesn't do Champions no, League. No, that's, I'm surprised <laughs> they're still in it at this point. Yeah. Um, so they, they have to do something in this FA Cup this year. Uh, this is a favourable draw. I know they're away, but it's still a favourable draw against a fairly average championship team, Preston or 11th. Again, they're only four points out of third, but they're a fairly average team. Um, I'm going to go, I'll go the Spurs win. We'll go the Spurs win. Yeah. Maybe see Dan Juma and stuff. Is Dan Juma officially signed? Yeah. Yeah. yeah signed yeah. and announced. So he's, I think he's good to play this weekend. Yep. Yeah, I presume so. Um, then moving on to the eight o'clock kickoff. This is on Saturday as, as well. Still, obviously, Manchester United, Reading, the Paul Lynch derby, of course. Yes. Um, fantastic. Um, yeah, Reading, again, probably one of them teams in the mix. I think they started off the season brilliantly, brilliantly didn't they? And then, and then they remembered they were managed by Paul Ince and it all <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> um, at one point, they were... they Well, they were first after six games. Uh, they stayed in the playoff spots all the way through to match week 14. But they have lost six, seven, eight, nine of their last... 16, with only four wins. So that's not good. Uh, They're trending in the wrong direction. Now, it's not all disaster. They're still only five points outside the playoffs as they sit in 14th. However, however, there are teams behind them starting to gain ground as well. So I would expect that Reading finish somewhere in the 17th to 20th type of uh, range this season, realize the error of the ways and remove Mr. Ince from his position. Uh, we are very much going with the Manchester United win in this one. United love nothing more than to knock out a lower league team in the early round of the Cups. They have a bunch of injuries, to, to be fair, but it looks like they might get Sancho back, which, which would be a big help. But yeah, we're, we're going for United win there. Yeah, hopefully from obviously Liverpool United. Hopefully Sancho finds something because um, you don't want anyone struggling at all. No, no. Um, but hopefully he's back playing football. Um, 
which would be nice. But we'll move on to Sunday's game. Um, <laughs> Brighton against <laughs> Brighton against Liverpool still very fresh. Not even going to talk about it. Not even going to talk about it. Yeah, score two nil to, to Brighton. Yeah, um, two o'clock. That was on. That's on ITV for UK people. Um, two o'clock. Not on TV. Stoke against Stevenage. <laughs> this game was never going to be on TV. Let's be honest. You never know. Uh, Stoke are eighteenth in the Championship and uh, plays. Some fairly turgid football. Uh, Stevenage, Christ, I don't know what division they're in. Uh, League Two. Oh, Stevenage are actually doing really well. Stevenage are second in League Two. Um, I, I have talked with this before. So, yeah, Stevenage are second in League Two. Um, we're going to go for the upset. We're going to go for Stevenage to win this game. They've won. Three of the last five, the unbeaten in five. Stoke have won one of five. We're going to go for Stevenage to win. If it had unmute, there we go. Uh, Oh, this should be fun. Wrexham against Sheffield United. Obviously, both doing really well, but at very different levels. But Wrexham, uh, by all accounts, seemingly signing well above their station with Mm. uh, with the owners and stuff like that, and fair play to them. Uh, where Sheffield are, uh, I believe, second in the yeah. championship. Um, but yeah, should be should be a fun game at least. Yeah, this one should be good. Um, I wonder why this one's on TV. Uh, might have, might have something to do with the ownership. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday second in the championship, five points behind Burnley. They've won four of the last five. They're unbeaten in that five. They play some really nice football. They've got some really good players. Wrexham are top of the National League, three points clear of Notts County, same number of games played. They've already scored 70 goals this season in their 27 games. They've got they've got players that are far too good for that level. I mean, Ollie Palmer is far too good to be playing non-league football, like far too good. He's he's good enough to score regularly in League 1. And Paul Mullen the same. Those two are good enough to play and score regularly in League One, and they're at Wrexham because they're earning good money and, and fair play to them. It's very hard to look past Sheffield United, though, for this one because there's a doing really well in, in the National League and doing really well in the Championship is is a massive, massive gulf. We'll go for the Sheffield United win, though I would love to see Wrexham win. One of my favorite FA Cup man, memories is Mickey Thomas knocking Arsenal out with an absolute perler for Wrexham back in the early 90s. So uh, I'd love Wrexham to do well, but I, I can't see past a win for for Sheffield United here. Yeah, I'd certainly agree with that. But it would be new. I think I'll probably watch that one unless Liverpool get battered. Then it's a not enough football for me that day. <laughs> um, Monday, uh, Derby against West Ham. West Ham struggles well. Well, 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 well documented this mm. season. Um, whereas Derby have seemingly found their footing after a very difficult period recently, to be fair to them. So, potential shock? I have this one down as a shock. I, I, I think Derby will beat them. Monday night game, under the lights, a lot of momentum behind Derby at the moment. They've won five in a row in the league. They're playing really good football. They've got a manager now who actually knows what he's doing. And, it, you know, is an actual football manager 
um, in Paul Warren, who had three success, three successful promotion campaigns with Rotherham from League One. So he knows how to get out of that division now. He doesn't know how to stay in the championship, which is equally as concerned, which is, you know, quite concerning. But he knows how to get out of that division. And he has this team playing really well. They've got young players that I really like. I really like Max Bird. I really like Louis Sibley. And I think Jason Knight is, is, is excellent and far too good for that level. Uh, whereas, you know, West Ham are awful at the moment. They're, they're dreadful. Their only win recently was against Everton. And everybody beats Everton. So I am going to say that Derby beat West Ham on Monday night. And that wraps up the fourth round of the FA Cup. That will do us for today, folks. Thank you, as always, for listening. Sorry it was short, but the day just kind of got away from me because people just don't have any consideration. Uh, But back Monday with your regularly regularly scheduled hour and 57 minutes of me rabbiting endlessly about Sean Dyche, Steve Bruce and his gammon, cabbagey head, and Sam Allardyce being a fraud and whatever else comes to mind. I will see you then. Thank you to Guy. Thank you to you. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.